Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Mm. Uh, Thank you, Father, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you that you're, you're growing our spiritual eyes. I, I pray we would be a people who uh, see beyond appearance to spiritual reality and live accordingly. Uh, Father, thank you that you're a God who is always at work, like Jesus said, and you're a God who is still speaking. So we just come before you together today. We we bless you. We minister to you. We're thankful to be your children. We're thankful to have an inheritance in you, with you. So thank you, Jesus, for making the way for that to happen. Amen. Ah. <clears throat> I was I was gonna do that. Thank you. <laughs> Charlie helped me out this morning. And uh, brought this picture in because I left it at the house. Yeah, it's a little crooked, but I think it'll be all right. I, I didn't suddenly become uh, an indie racing fan. <laughs> There's there's purpose to that. And uh, there's a pretty amazing story behind that picture that I'm, I'm going to get to in a little while. But always <clears throat> in January, uh, I, I like to spend some time before the Lord seeking Him. What, what are you saying about this next year. And I, I've listened to what some other voices are saying, John Kilpatrick, and uh, just got a, an email from Mark Crawford this week uh, about some things that he's saying. Um, listen to what Cindy Jacobs and, and her group are uh, hearing about 2016. So... <clears throat> Uh, last week, we we talked about being a, a people of faith, who who walk by faith and not by sight. And we've been talking about being uh, a kingdom church or an apostolic community, whatever terminology you want to use. And I've talked about the necessity of being a, a prophetic people. In, in that regard. And 
you know that that terminology has maybe a lot of baggage attached to it being a prophetic people uh, if if you like this better maybe this is better being being a people who hear God and and do what he says and uh, my my experience is that God is is not very limited by our theology if our heart is in the place where he wants it to be and and that really that's part of the story behind this this painting that a friend of mine did uh, quite a number of years ago but I, I've been seeking the Lord about uh, us as a body, you know, where, Lord, where are you taking us? We've, we've come through uh, a hard year, 2015, uh, and I, I think I've learned some things. Uh, I have had a tendency, and maybe I'm not the only one, uh, in, uh, this is, under the heading of growing in the prophetic. Uh, I think a lot of times for me, and maybe for some of you also, we, we get a word from the Lord, and we immediately interpret it based on what we want it to mean. And, and that is kind of operating by assumption rather than discerning. <laughs> and, and so uh, the word, oftentimes the Lord will give me a, a word, a single word for a year. And, and for 2015, that, that word was fire. And, and so, you know, in January of 2015, I thought, oh, this is great because I've been crying out for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire for years, and this, this is it. And it wasn't it. <laughs> I, I assumed what it meant. And it was, it was late in December. Um, I was in prayer and... <clears throat> just thinking about that word for 2015 and what I assumed that it meant. And I, I just asked the Lord, you know, there's only a few days left in 2015. Um, is this going to happen? Am, am I going to experience the fire? And... <laughs> I don't know that he was laughing or or giggling. <laughs> I don't really think he was. Uh, he might have been. Uh, but he said, you, you've been in the fire all year. And uh, I just said, ooh, yeah. Hmm. So that's what that meant. The year probably would have been a lot easier if I had spent some time discerning with the Lord what that word meant early in the year rather than just assuming 
that I knew what it meant. So anyway, I, I give you that as instruction from personal experience to grow in the prophetic by discerning rather than assuming <laughs> what, what the Lord is, is saying sometimes. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I, I shared a few weeks ago that uh, I felt like we were in the process, I was in the process, and um, we as a body in, are in the process of, of being remade in, into something different. And that, that's not um, a process that is new to me personally. It's, it's one that has not even been difficult uh, a number of times. Uh, I, I've, I've been, I was remade right after my undergrad degree and I went to graduate school because I, I had not been following the Lord uh, for my undergrad years. And he made a way for me to go to graduate school for free, and it was an amazing thing. And, and he, he was telling me, okay, it's time to come back to me. And so I, I, I was ready. I... I repented. There was there was a letting go of of a lot of things that I I knew uh, I had to let go of, and there was an embracing of a lot of new things, sowing to the spirit, <laughs> sowing to the flesh was was being let go of, sowing to the spirit was being grabbed a hold of, and I, I mean. I was a different person. And and the letting go was not even hard. Uh, which would be surprising um, given the behavioral habits that were associated with some of the things that I was letting go of. Uh, but when I repented and, and the Lord just gave grace. And, you know, within... A week of that, I met joy, uh, and and that was just such an amazing gift uh, to the prodigal. Uh, it it was. I mean, the prodigal got the the father's ring on on his finger, and that's 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 what I got. <laughs> so that was that was being remade, and then uh, you know I, I really. I was pursuing the Lord uh, at that time and, and really haven't turned from that uh, ever since. And uh, I, I went to Promise Keepers in, uh, and I, I think it was about 94 or 95, and discovered modern worship because when I met Joy, it was in a Baptist church and... Um, that was all she was comfortable with. Uh, we moved to Spearfish after we'd been married like a year and a half, and I took her to an Assemblies of God church, and she just 
cried through the whole thing. And nothing happened that, that was unusual. It was the presence of the Lord. And she just was not used to that uh, in, in a tangible way. And so I just figured, okay, well, this isn't going to work right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> but because of that stream that we were in, I, I didn't get exposed to modern worship music until I went to Promise Keepers. And uh, <clears throat> I hadn't really played guitar for years, and I, I, was, I was no good. Uh, I, I hardly could play. But when I experienced the presence of the Lord at, at that event, I said, man, I, I was made for this. And so I, I grabbed that old guitar and I started learning songs and worshiping the Lord. And I, I was in a job where uh, I did a lot of traveling uh, throughout the state. And I would bring my guitar along always and in, in the hotel room I'd just worship God. And did that for years. And I just thought this... This is now who I am. God remade me again. I'm, I'm a worshiper. And so I, I thought, you know, I, I, I want to be a worship leader. And so started started doing that. And, uh, you know, was, was pursuing that. And I find myself at an IHOP conference in... Uh, maybe 2004. Uh, and Mike Bickle, it's the last message uh, of, of one thing, and Mike Bickle is praying and he's saying, okay, so everybody in this room, I, I know there's something the Lord wants you to lay down and, and just release. And... Uh, Okay, so I'm expecting it to be, I, I don't know what, but something that, that wasn't very good in my life. There wasn't anything really bad, but I, you know, I, and he, so he prays, and while I pray, I'm going to ask the Lord to reveal that to everybody. And so he, he says, worship leading. I mean, he, he could have said, practically anything else. And I would have said, yeah, you're right. But he, he said that. And it just completely threw me for a loop. I, and, and it, I mean, it was clear. Uh, there, there really wasn't any question uh, as, as to what God was saying. And it, it was just so weird. Because, I mean, that, that was like the best thing in my life. Uh, not, not only for me, but I figured it, it pretty much had to be the best thing in my life for him. 
Because, I, I mean, it, it wasn't like I had even gotten to a bad place where the worship wasn't from my heart. Uh, but the Lord was about to remake me again. Because he didn't want me to just be a worship leader. He wanted me to be a church planter. And that one was a little tougher. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, because I, I was in a church at the time that kind of needed a worship leader, and I had made myself available, and, and it, it just it did not happen. So I just figured, well, okay, God, you... You know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> I'm laying it down. And then uh, it was just the wilderness for a few years. Um, <laughs> but then, the, finally, the, the Lord began to speak and stir that something was happening. And within a few months, um, we, I'll make the long story short, we, we just, we got connected with the vineyard in Fort Collins and entered into this whole process to, to plant this church. And it just once once we entered the process, man, the, the doors just flung open. And, and we just, we knew that that's what God was doing. So <clears throat> for us, uh, as a body, I, I think we're, we're kind of in a similar place. Uh, It wasn't that we were something not good. <laughs> we we were something good. Uh, and and I you know I've I've been before the Lord and evaluating, and you know we we became a church that was pursuing and and pressing into healing. And and that was a great deal of our identity. And I think virtually all of us uh, have been healed in multiple ways over the last number of years. And, and we've ministered that healing to many who have come into Encounter Weekends and who have come into the healing rooms. And, and that's, that's really been a, a big part of, of who we are. Because we, we pressed in to healing. We, we said, God, we want to see more. And as a result, we have. And, and we've seen lots of physical healings. We've, we've seen lots and lots of souls healed and, and set free. 
And, and th- that has been a good thing. And, and I don't think that the Lord is going to remove that from us. Uh, but I, I think maybe rather than being uh, the primary focus, it's, it's going to just be part of who we are. Like I, I got to lead worship today. Uh, funny how that schedule worked out. <laughs> I, I still get to do that. I, I still lead worship at Wyoming House of Prayer once a month. Joy and I do. She actually does more of it now than, than I do because it's a real joy to me to see her growing uh, into the worship leader that, that she is. So, yeah, where, where is the Lord taking us in, in this season? Uh, I, I don't have great clarity in, in that yet. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do see some things. Uh, being a church that advances the kingdom... That's, that's going to be a big part of our identity. And healing is part of that. But advancing the kingdom is uh, a lot about bringing new people into the kingdom. And I, I believe the Lord is, is going to move us much more into that. Uh, and, you know, there's... <clears throat> There's a growth in evangelism, in, in bringing people into the kingdom. And I believe the Lord would have us press in to that in a similar manner to how we pressed into physical and, and soul healing. Uh, so there's, uh, just as I had to learn how to play the guitar, really, and <laughs> learn how to lead worship, uh, <clears throat> that was, it was a process of, of pressing in. And healing has been a process, and I, I believe evangelism, and ministering the presence of God is, is going to be like that. We we got to press in to it. And I, I believe <clears throat> since we're smaller in, in number now, the Lord is giving us opportunity to grow in relationships, in loving one another. Uh, because that, that only happens in smaller groups. <laughs> As we, when we talk about loving people, that's a vague concept. <laughs> we, we can just love one person at a time. The one that's in front of us. Whether it's here <laughs> or out there. 
And I, I think the Lord wants us to press in to that as well. Growing in love because faith works through love. And so if, if we're going to be a, a people of faith and we want our faith to, to work, <laughs> it works through love. And that's Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So, I guess that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I see happening right now. And I, I want to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about what I'm sensing for 2016. But, but I, I want to uh, encourage us and challenge us to, to be a people who hear God. Uh, to be, you know, we, we can use the terminology to be a prophetic people. But, but to be a people who hear God. And, and this picture over here is a picture of hearing God. It, it truly is. Uh, Joy and I were in a Baptist church here in town for a number of years. And we were in this Sunday school class with a bunch of young adults, and I wasn't teaching the class. We, we were just part of it. And uh, we had this lady who was actually teaching the class, and, and, uh, and she was being used by God because a community developed among that group of, of people. And as, as we pursued God together, in in a Baptist context, uh, things started to happen, and this this is uh, a picture of that. As this was done, the copyright is 1992, and my friend Jimmy DeCarlo painted this thing. It looks like a photograph because it's ultra-realism. And this was the finish of the last IndyCar race in, I think, 1992. Uh, and it is the finish. Exactly. He painted it six months before the race. Okay. He finished it six months before the race. Every detail. 
is as it was. It was at uh, Laguna Seca racetrack in Southern California where it's cloudy about one day a year. Notice how cloudy the sky is. <laughs> That's how it was. They They pick one or two race cars in each race that that have a little camera. This one has the camera, and it had the camera <laughs> that day. And nobody knows who it'll be until that day. It was the right car, obviously, <laughs> and the right driver <laughs> winning the race. <laughs> uh, absolutely amazing. But this uh, young airman who was part of that small group started hearing God to paint this picture before the race. To show that God speaks. <clears throat> it was one of the uncers who was driving that car and uh, Jimmy actually got to meet him and, and present him with uh, the first copy. And I think he bought the or original. Well, I, I can't remember if Jimmy, Jimmy might have kept it. Uh, <clears throat> but that was a spiritual marker for all of us. And we knew <laughs> that God speaks. And, and God speaks in detail. I mean, as, as Jimmy was painting that thing, he, he would get to something that, some part that he had to paint, and, and he would have to ask the Lord, okay, what, like the sky? Is it? Should I paint it sunny or cloudy or what? And uh, he, he heard God. But, and, and see the amazing thing, this is in a Baptist context where, I mean, even the word prophetic would would just draw blank stares like what what does that mean <laughs> if anybody called jimmy prophetic he he would what do you mean by that <laughs> would would have been his response 
But the thing is, we, we were all pressing into God at that time. And, and we, we were all hearing God. And if, if we want to grow in, in hearing God, it's, it's all about just drawing near to him and waiting upon him with an expecting heart, expecting him to say something. Because God does speak. He, he's not verbose. <laughs> and he's not always talking because mainly he's listening most of the time. But when he has something to say, it's, it's important that we, we be listening. Because he, he can say just, I mean, he, he can say this much with this many words. Because his speaking is beyond language. It's, it's of the Spirit. It, it's, it's within. So many times when, when he says a few words, we automatically know what it means. Sometimes we have to discern, <laughs> like I was talking about earlier, but sometimes we, we just know. So if, if we want to grow in, in hearing God, the, the best way is, is to just begin to get close to him. And, and I, I feel like some of us, and, and I've been there myself, we, we avoid that because, you know, we, we know there's something he wants to deal with and, and we're not quite ready to deal with it yet. <laughs> and we, we don't want to hear that again. <laughs> But, but really, we, we just have to know that he wants the best for us and, and he's, he's going to take us through that thing. And, and we can draw near to him even before we're ready to deal with that thing. Because he won't turn us away. But he probably won't speak very much. Because he does have a process for each one of us. And if he's wanting to deal with a certain thing, he's probably not going to move on to the next thing or another thing until we let him deal with that thing. And that really, that's his mercy. Because he, he doesn't want to pile up disobedience upon us. And if <laughs> if he would do it the other way, then we probably would pile up disobedience. So 
So I, I haven't had that hit me <clears throat> the way it did just now for a long time. But it, it was so amazing to be part of that. The, the months that he spent painting that and, and watching it as it unfolded. And, you know, there, there were times that he would ask all of us to pray about something because he, he just wasn't hearing. <laughs> and so it's, it's a prophetic picture of hearing God together. And God wasn't limited by any Baptist theology that didn't really believe in prophetic gifts <laughs> at that time. If we were drawing near to him, he was speaking. Yeah, we didn't have to use charismatic or Pentecostal terminology <laughs> for, it, for it to be that. So the name of the the picture is Miracle Finish. Okay, 2016. <clears throat> I don't have a whole lot to share, but I, I will share uh, what I'm sensing from the Lord. Um, many are, are saying that 2016 will be a year of significant change. And, and I, I see, uh, for us, um, we must begin to discern different seasons that we're in. Some seasons are short, some seasons are longer. There's seasons for planting, seasons for watering, seasons for harvesting, fallow seasons, wilderness seasons. There's seasons to rest, seasons to advance. And in in any given point in time there there will be different ones of us in in different seasons of of those but there will be an overall season for the church in Cheyenne so we need to discern what what is the season for 2016 um this is something that Mark sensed, and, and this wasn't just something that he sent me, but something that he sent to his whole uh, email list. That he saw this as a, a year of letting go in order to grab on to the new. <laughs> and I, I think that really is, is appropriate for us. Uh, letting go of of our old identity and and that's i mean that's the way god works i mean when he told me to lay down 
worship leading. I, I didn't really know what it was that he was going to have me grab onto for a while. I, I told you, we, we went into the wilderness and we were there for a few years. So we had to let it go, but there would be something new to grab onto. And that's true for us as well. 2016 is a year of Jubilee. And I, I believe that will be significant for, for us as well. Because <clears throat> we remember when the enemy stole our building on 15th Street, But the reality is he, he also stole the building on 4th Street because it was a cult that moved in and bought that building. <laughs> so he's going to have to pay quadruple <laughs> or more <laughs> for what he took from us. And I believe this is the year. In the Jubilee year, debts are canceled, lands are returned, slaves are set free. It's, it's an economic reset in, in the Jewish community. It's, it's interesting, both Mark Crawford and Cindy Jacobs and her group used the same terminology that this is the year the tide turns. And, you know, ponder what that means. See, a lot of these words are, are words that we need to discern rather than assuming. But when the tide turns, it's, it's not always intelligible right away, right? <laughs> Some of you have lived on the coast. I mean, the tide goes out, and then at some point it turns, and then it starts coming back in. So as, as I have tried to discern what that means. Uh, if, if, and, and this seems to be a, a, a big word, maybe for the church, uh, hopefully for our country. Uh, wouldn't that be great? If, if that was a word for our country? Because it, it means that we were going one way, <laughs> and when the tide turns, it does a 180, and it starts to go back the other way. So I, I think we can pray into that. And, and like I said, if, if this is the year the tide turns, it, it may become obvious later in the year. It may not be that obvious right away. It may not even be that obvious in 2016. 
But by 2017, it should be pretty obvious if there has been a turning of the tide. And, and I'm praying it's a, a year the spiritual tide turns in, in our nation. Because many, many are, are praying for revival and spiritual awakening for our country. And, and that, that is our hope for that to happen. Uh, this is something uh, the Lord kind of gave me, and uh, it started out for Phyllis, but it got bigger, uh, that this is going to be a breakout year for many in, in ministry. And, and that means new levels, new gifts, new ministries, breaking out into something new. And I, I see a lot of that happening in 2016. And I, I think as, as we begin to see that happen, then the new identity <laughs> that God is bringing forth will become clearer. We'll, we'll get more clarity. But this, this, is, uh, this is one thing that, that I'm discerning in, in this time, that I'm not getting the whole picture. <laughs> so that means some other people are getting part of the picture. <laughs> and so we need to share <laughs> what it is that we're getting, what it is that we're seeing, so that we can understand better and discern better uh, what it is God's saying. Um, this is something that, that Mark saw. Um, exchange as a principle in, in God's kingdom. Um, Psalm 30.11 says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. There, there are all kinds of exchanges that, that we make. We, we make economic exchanges every day. We pay money for food. We pay money for whatever. And, and we do it because we think what we're getting is worth more to us than what we're giving up. <laughs> Whenever there's a heavenly exchange, that's, that's definitely the case. <laughs> whatever it is that we're going to get, is going to be of more value than whatever it is that we're exchanging. And and so this is a year to seek heavenly exchange. And Isaiah 61 is is another good example of heavenly exchange. I'll start in verse 2. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we do. Let this be the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. 
to grant those who mourn in Zion and give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. That's a good trade. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. That's a good trade. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That's a good trade. <laughs> that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They will build up the ancient ruins, and they will raise up the former devastations, and they will repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Uh, John Kilpatrick uh, saw a lot of things um, for 2016 and beyond. Uh, the one that really uh, struck me is is the only one I'm I'm going to share. And he said, "This is the year of the wind. This year will be very unusual on many levels. As a matter of fact." A phrase will be repeated over and over on the lips of many people and many nations. I have never seen anything like this before. There will be a great stir among the people of the nations. Seemingly nothing will remain normal any longer. This will not be just an American phenomena, but will touch all the continents. The Lord will rise up and make himself known. Yes, the forgotten will shout for great joy. The heathen will see a great light. Unbelievers will take another look. Experts will be stumped. Nations will be shaken, but kingdoms will be jolted. Dead, dry bones will experience a fresh prophetic wind. Some will struggle with the question, is this God or is this the devil? But God will receive all the glory for his mysterious wonders. And this will be the year of the winds of God. And those winds are already blowing even as I speak this word. And, and we have sought the wind like in Acts chapter 2 where there was a sound like a great mighty wind. And the wind of the Spirit. And uh, <clears throat> the last thing uh, I guess I'll share is something I got from another pastor who's a friend of mine. And uh, he he felt like Jeremiah 29 11 through 13 was was for me, but I don't think it's just for me. I think it's for us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, there's a couple things in that. Um, the plans of the Lord for us are, are not over. He has good plans for us. 
part of that plan is for us to draw near to him and and to be a people that hear his voice and obey him because that it, that just grows because <laughs> uh, as as we hear him speak and we submit to that we agree with it we obey it then then he speaks more and if if we're going to be a the nation of priests that we're called to be to take God to the people and bring the people before God in prayer, uh, we need to be a people who hear God. Because we need to hear God for them. Because <laughs> they're not listening. Mostly. Uh, and we know what the word of the Lord can do to the heart of someone who, who really doesn't know him. And if anybody hasn't read Sean Bolt's new book, Interpreting God, uh, highly recommended. Uh, if you want to hear God more and better. So does anyone else have anything to add that you want to share that you're sensing for, for this year? Okay, well, let me pray and close. Um, <clears throat> yes. Mm -hmm. There's a mic right there if you want it. Mm -hmm. This um, this is not so much a. Uh, a sensing of um, what's ahead in 2016. I want to share something that goes that that uh, um, very much was a similar experience to this. And I wonder how many of you can remember in 1988 when the Yellowstone Park burned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in May of '88, I was driving. I lived in Powell, Wyoming, up near Cody, just outside the park. And it must have been bad. <laughs> Streetlights were coming on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. If you left the window open on your car because it was hot out, you got a car full of ashes, that, that mm -hmm. sort of thing, during mm -hmm. the summer. In May, I was driving between uh, Casper and Shoshone and uh, saw the first plume of smoke in the Bridger Teton Forest. It was way off in the distance to the west before you turned north to go up through Wind River Canyon. <clears throat> And little did anybody know at that point, that was the start of that fire season where well over, I think, over 50% of the park burned. But in mm. the, if you, if you Google it up, look it up, um, it was just an incredible, um, incredible time. We were, my family and I were part of a Baptist church in Powell, Wyoming. And uh, so <laughs> what really teed this up is, is um, what Jay was talking about. Um, earlier that, that gave birth to this. There was a small prayer group that we were hosting in our home over the months, and it had nothing to do with the fires. It was just something that we were hosting. And um, my wife and I had been through um, years in the, 
what was referred to then as the charismatic movement. Both of us grew up in Baptist churches. The Lord led us back into the Baptist churches, to the Baptist church uh, during those years, uh, to some extent with some reluctance, but it was good for us, and it was certainly good for our children as they were growing up. At any rate, in the, so in this prayer group, the, the situation in the park and the, in the surrounding environs of the park, this fire was so big and it was so completely out of control, it was becoming more and more and more desperate. There were thousands of firefighters from California, from east of here, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was the police chief in town there, and we were deploying my officers up there to help with traffic control in the Sunlight Basin and places like that. I remember going up there. Mm -hmm. And it was so, it, it was a war zone. Mm -hmm. And helicopters were flying down under the cloud of smoke along the highway so they could figure out where they were, dipping water out of lakes and stuff like that to try and fight that fire. The, mm -hmm. Mankind's uh, efforts were completely <laughs> dwarfed, mm -hmm. completely. They were of no, uh, seemingly no value. This little prayer group began praying about that, and we were seeking the Lord, and, and it, it registered with us one evening that we were praying together that we needed to pray that God would put the fire out. That was in October. So we began praying that that evening and we spent a little bit of extra time. The next day the fire was out. There was a major <laughs> snowstorm mm -hmm. that was not predicted as far as I know and the fire was effectively out the next day. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to, in, in identification mm -hmm. with what Jay is talking about here, He'll, he'll direct our path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's not limited by our theology. <laughs> mm. Father, thank you. Uh, people try to put you in a box and you, you won't stay in the box. Thank you for that. Break out of our boxes. We, we don't want to limit you either. Lord, thank you for the mileposts of things that we just know you did. There's no other explanation. We give you glory, we give you praise for that. And Lord, we, we receive this word from Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, Cheyenne Vineyard, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So Lord, give us seeking hearts. Hearts to seek you through the, the delay, the, the apparent delay <laughs> of not finding you. Because uh, we know that those who seek you will find you. And if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Uh, so Lord, remake us in, into what you want for your glory.
And Lord, raise up the church in Cheyenne to be what you want her to be. For Jesus' sake. Amen. And there is one other thing that <clears throat> that I was sensing for for us that I somehow forgot to mention. I I I really believe the Lord is going to give prayer greater prominence in who we are as as a body. I, I think that's part of our calling in the body of Christ in, in Cheyenne is to be those who who cry out. Those who seek and find, who have the heart of the Lord and pray it to be done. Amen. <clears throat>